Hello, and welcome into the Sad Fan, where we talk about the good, the bad, and everything that made us sad from the previous week. As you can probably tell, it is not going to be we talking about the good and the bad from the previous week. It will be I, uh, and this will be, uh, gosh, a rare two weeks ago episode. Uh, we apologize for not getting this to you on Thursday, Friday, or Saturday. But it has been a busy week for all of us. Uh, Wesley is out in Greece competing in the Spartan World Championships. So hats off to you, sir. I hope you crush it. Uh, and then he is on his way up to Germany to uh, report back to us live from the Tampa Bay Seattle game, which should be an absolute blast. Uh, Chelsea will be joining us again this week. So keep an eye out for that this coming Thursday or Friday. Uh, and another thing is... I've been in Turkey, and just like with the trip when I was talking to you guys from Bahrain, it uh, it does kind of get in the way of being able to post these videos and get on certain websites so we can shoot. Bahrain uh, did not necessarily even allow me onto Riverside FM to record for you guys. So all of that being said, let's dive right into what made us sad from the previous week. So what I will say uh did make us sad right away would be Kyrie Irving. And it's not it's not because everyone's not entitled to their own beliefs. It is because in sports we have strict rules around racism and being anti uh, being someone that promotes anti-semitism and then denies promoting anti-semitism uh, makes you someone that said something that was racist and I'm not calling or accusing him of being racist but when you have 18, what is it? Gosh, I want to say 18 million followers across all of your social media platforms. And you tweet out something like that, whether you like it or not, you are an influence. Okay. Now you cannot like being someone that has an influence over other people. That's fine. But you have to step back and understand that you can't just like it when it's good. You have to understand that you're going to have to go with the bad as well. And when you do something as stupid, yes, stupid as Kyrie Irving did, you're going to take a big hit, and he should. He should, and so should Amazon. Amazon shouldn't be off the hook here either uh, for allowing this to be on their platform. And I'm not trying to cancel everything, but we have an issue with misinformation currently in our world. And whether we like it or not, people don't want to do research. And Kyrie Irving is one of those people, right? Kyrie Irving wants to be seen as the smartest person in the room at all times. Uh, he wants to be seen as this person. And when he is not taken as such, he gets defensive, as we all do. We all get defensive, right? When we're not considered smart or we feel like somebody's calling us dumb or somebody can't take our word for it. But here's the thing, Kyrie, having money for playing basketball does not make you intelligent. You actually have to do research on some of the things you say, and you can't just say it. Uh, the other thing that made me sad about this is it took the NBA a long time. They gave him a lot of chances, too many chances. And I'm going to say that if it was anything else, if it if it was any other form of racism, and this is what makes me sad, he would have been suspended immediately. He would have been. But he wasn't. And they gave him many, many chances to apologize. And it took him getting suspended to say, I'm sorry. So now that begs the question, are you apologizing because you actually feel sorry? Are you apologizing because you got caught, right? You're only sorry because you got caught. Uh, shout out to Rihanna. But all that aside, there was a lot of things that happened in sports last week that we should get to. Uh, Kyrie Irving, I'm not calling you an idiot. I am saying you display the behavior of that of an idiot. Uh, I, I do hope that that apology was sincere. I do hope that when it comes down to it, you 
are learning a lesson from what you did, but you hurt a lot of people and you enabled a lot of people to continue to hurt people. And as a group of people that has been marginalized, uh, you should understand that after what you did to defend some of the things that were happening to African-Americans across the United States, you should understand that you hurt a group of people and you should have held yourself accountable, taken responsibility immediately, not after you got suspended. That was pretty disgusting. Now, Michigan and uh, their tunnel has become the subject of a ton of controversy lately. Uh, last week on the sad fan, you heard us talking about Penn state, uh, Penn state peanut butter and jelly sandwich gate. Uh, that was because Penn state has been caught throwing peanut butter and jelly sandwiches at the Michigan team. And they attributed this to the tunnel being too tight, right? Because both teams go through the same tunnel. And I, I kind of agree, right? There should be a system that doesn't allow both teams to be in that tunnel at the same time. And that was never more prevalent than what happened this week after what happened with Penn State when it came to Michigan State, the in-state rivalry, right? One of the bigger games, uh, probably just below Penn State, or pardon me, just below Ohio State, Michigan would be Penn, uh, Michigan State, you gee whiz, would be Michigan State, uh, Michigan. And Michigan, again, they're one of the more dominant teams in the country this year. And you can see it week in and week out. Uh, it's a little scary because they're starting to appear to be a second half team. But week in, week out, they're winning. And they're not, they're winning decisively. They're not winning barely. It's, it's a pretty decisive victory every single week. Now, that being said, two players were assaulted. Uh, and that's coming, that's a quote from Jim Harbaugh. He said, two of our players were assaulted. I, I did only see the video of one player, uh, but it appeared the whole Michigan State team in its entirety was beating up a guy that is not even playing due to a torn ACL, right? So first of all, you're cowards. You're cowards. Yeah, I said it, whatever. Don't call a man that plays that game a coward. You're a coward. If there's 10 of you beating up on one guy with a torn ACL, just grow a pair. Because that's ridiculous, Michigan State. Now, the next thing comes out, hedge our bets, right? We've got to hedge. How do we hedge? We suspend four players. And the coach comes out and says, I am just shocked at what has gone on here. And I cannot believe my team did it. And we will handle it accordingly. And how do they handle it? Well, they don't. you can't suspend the whole team, right? You can't suspend the whole team. So who do they suspend? Four players. Now, four players. And if you watch that video back, there was significantly more than four players, including a Michigan, <laughs> what appeared to be a Michigan staffer that didn't want to get anywhere near. He was, he was kind of like, hey, hey, stop. I'm, never mind. I'm, I'm just here. I'm on the side. Uh, don't pay attention to me. Uh, I'm just trying to exist. And that that I shouldn't have I shouldn't say in this instance that it made me laugh. It did. It did, in fact, give me a, a chuckle there. Because if you watch that video, he, he I don't want to say he does not get involved. He, he does try to get involved. And when he tries to get involved, he quickly realizes he is out of his league and steps back and then continues to posture up against the wall. Well, this lone Michigan player, uh, what's, uh, for lack of a better word, gets brutalized by what appeared to be the entire Michigan State team. Now, to come out and suspend just one player after this, it is, it's, it's ridiculous. So Mel Tucker, I'm going to tell you this. One, you should be suspended for lack of institutional control. You should. Mel Tucker should be suspended. Absolutely. That is not acceptable. 
right? And if you want to shuck off the blame on one of your assistant coaches, fine. But that is literally ridiculous. Your whole team is beating up a guy with a torn ACL. Oh, four players. It was only four players. I've, I've seen the video. It was significantly more than four players, right? So don't sit here and fall back on it was four players and they're suspended and we're going to handle this uh, inside. No, it, somebody else needs to get involved, whether it be the Big Ten or higher than the Big Ten. And that team needs to have something come down on it that is serious. Because if you do not, only th things will only get worse because you are basically validating a behavior when you do not punish it. And you cannot validate beating up a guy that is not suited up. You can't, you know what? No, I'm not even going to go there. You cannot validate bullying and physical violence outside or off the field. That's it. You can't have it. So you've got to get rid of that. Now, on the lighter side of uh, things, Alabama lost. And I know we're going to talk about that more here coming up and on next week's episode. But gosh, that has so many people excited. Uh, Georgia looks invincible again. But again, I don't want to get too far into that. The funniest thing for me was uh, Justin Tucker trolling Russell Wilson with the Ravens. Let's fly. And talking about how they're going to do high knees on their way home from uh, their game and what they're going to be doing on the airplane. And you have reached a special, a very, very special place in the sports uh, sports zeitgeist when you have a kicker making fun of you, okay? And, and Justin Tucker's a stud. Don't, don't mistake what I'm saying here. Justin Tucker is probably the best kicker to ever do it. But he is a kicker at the end of the day. And you are a quarterback of a football team. And this kicker has you on the ropes. Because I'm going to tell you something. People like Justin Tucker more than they like Russell Wilson. And again, just like I said with Marshawn Lynch last week, Justin Tucker is better at his job than Russell Wilson is at his job. Don't pull a win barely out of your tail against the Jacksonville Jaguars in England, and all of a sudden it's all confidence, it's all blusters. Uh, Broncos country, let's run. Get out of here with that. He's washed. He's done. Uh, he needs to probably sit for the rest of the season because that it looks like those injuries have caught up to him. And he needs to get right before they roll him back out to the field. Now, when it comes to the NFL, it's uh, it's interesting because the Eagles look downright unstoppable right now. But I still don't think that they're the best team in the NFL. And I don't know why that is because uh, A.J. Brown looked phenomenal phenomenal against the, the Steelers, right? He's too short. He's too small. He can't guard me. Uh, drew a flag and a fine, which is pathetic. Pathetic. Like, get that out of here. The no fun league is back in full effect. We can't celebrate. Oh, my God. Celebrating could inside a riot. Okay, Mara family. You may have more money than me, but you do not have more fun than me. Like, no gyrating. Remember that? With uh, Colin Cowherd and the uh, hip thrust. Don't like it. What is What is with these people? We cannot have fun when we play sports. It's a damn game. And uh, now, aside from A.J. Brown getting that silly penalty for what was an incredible celebration, because he literally, what he had to do to beat those two cornerbacks was out of this world. And he didn't just score one, not two, not three, but four touchdowns, right? That's more championships uh, than LeBron had when he was on the heat, when not one, not two, not three, all the way up to seven, right? Somewhere around there. But... He caught four touchdown passes, 
and he looked unstoppable. And Shepard looks great in uh, this system. And Jalen Hurts looks amazing. But for some reason, I don't trust Sirianni. I don't know what anyone's going to be able to do about that defense now, right, with Robert Quinn. Um, but I, I just think the Buffalo Bills are better. I don't know. That could be my eyes deceiving me. I think the Bills are better. I think the Chiefs are better. Uh, I'm Maybe I think they're even with the Vikings, who they beat the second week of the season pretty handily. Uh, but I, I do. I think they're on an even playing field with the Vikings, especially since uh, – the trade deadline hit and this trade deadline was crazy. It used to be baseball, right? With the hot stove and everybody be moving around in baseball. We'd get prospects here, prospects there. We need a left-handed reliever for the playoffs. We need a horse that could go in there and win us a bunch of games. And now it's the NFL's getting in the game. Finally, right? It looks like uh, Madden with all these trade deadline transactions. And we saw a ton of people move and the lions, I, I think they lions again. And I get, I get taking the best offer that's out there, but in their division, they traded what's one of the better young tight ends in the NFL. Uh, one of the more productive young tight ends in the NFL. They basically said, sorry, Goff, you're done after this year because Jared, you're just not it. You just can't go out there and win us a game. Uh, and I, I'm not a Jared Goff fan, but I cannot stand winning as a stat for a quarterback because there are 21 other men that play this game with him. And obviously with rotations and such, we have more, but 11 on defense and 11 on offense. So outside of Jared Goff, I mean, there's 21 other people that have an impact on this game. And where I will admit that quarterback is the most important position, it is not the only position. And people need to stop literally only honing on the quarterback. But all that aside, with TJ Hawkinson now added to the Vikings, you've got Justin Jefferson, you've got Osborne, you've got Adam Thielen, you've got Dalvin Cook, you've got uh, Kirk Cousins surrounded, a mediocre Kirk Cousins surrounded by a ton of talent. And we've seen worse quarterbacks win, you know, Trent Dilfer, Brad Johnson, Super Bowls with um, – teams like this and the defense looks good again in minnesota it looks like they're getting themselves together they've still got a lot of talent they're aging so this might be that defense's last shot at a championship so you know they're going to play like their hair's on fire but i do have them in the same league as the minnesota vikings uh will the eagles go undefeated i know the odds are in their favor outside of a game in dallas but i don't know i don't know why we treat dallas like they have a real home field advantage because I don't know that they do. I don't know that they have a, a literal home field advantage. I think it's just like Las Vegas. I think it's just like Los Angeles now where those, those fan bases will travel. And I think Philly has one of the better fan bases as far as travel is concerned. They're going to go and they're going to fill up that stadium and it'll be at 50, 50 unless they try to restrict tickets to Eagles fans. It'll be a 50, 50 stadium. And with the move for Robert Quinn, and they've got a studly offense too uh, in Philadelphia with A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, uh, Dallas Goddard, and Jalen playing out of his mind. But I don't know what it is. I don't, holler at me in the comments, right? If I'm wrong or if I'm off base, I just don't trust the Eagles. I, I can't get my head around it. I just can't. I wish I could. 
but speaking of all of these trades that went down, speaking of TJ Hawkinson, he was not the only one. We had Chase Claypool moved. Who would I say is a is a B, maybe a solid high C plus tier receiver? Not going to get you separation, but he's a big body guy. He's got leaping ability. Uh, he's been shown to have a lot of talent. He's not going to blow people away with his speed. But the guy can play, obviously worth the second round pick, and Steelers have been shown to be able to find diamonds in the rough when it comes to that position. Consistently. They consistently find wide receivers. So I love this trade for Pittsburgh. However, again, uh, trading in the division, or um, uh, pardon me, the Packers is what I mean, pardon me. The Packers were competing with the Bears for this player. So an in-division rivalry, and I'm sitting here like, when are the Packers going to go all in with Aaron Rodgers? Right, and you could tell me Aaron Rodgers' contract is all in, but that's baloney, homie. We, it's, it's just not real. Aaron Rodgers has never had a ton of talent around him. He's had a lot of mediocre talent. Sorry, Donald Driver. Um, sorry, Bubba Frank. But uh, it's it's been a slew of mediocre talent in Green Bay. Uh, Aaron Jones is a stud, right? A.J. Dillon's okay. But Aaron Jones is an absolute stud. Robert Tanyan, again, I, I thought he could be a stud, but he's another one that's just okay. And they didn't do anything to improve that team. And they continue to draft for defense. Um, Aaron is part of the problem, right? Aaron Rodgers is part of the problem because we haven't seen a lot of Christian Watkins. He's been hurt. But Christian Watkins has not gotten a lot of attention from Aaron Rodgers since that drop touchdown in week one. And uh, I suppose he's saying he can't trust them. He only trusts a couple people. And with Randall Cobb out, you've just got Aaron Jones and Aaron Rodgers on that offense, really. Uh, Robert Tanya is going to give you two, three catches. Lazard is not, is not a one. Alan Lazard is not a one at receiver. And they're trotting him out there like he is. And, and at that point, you're just making do with Aaron Rodgers. You're not... You're not achieving anything else with Alan Lazard. You're not blowing anyone away with Alan Lazard. You're not scaring anyone with Alan Lazard. The only scary two people on that offense are Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones, and that's it. Like, I'm not saying I want to get hit by A.J. Dillon, please. The quad father is where it is when it comes to getting hit. Right? I'm not trying to be a mascot and get my head blown off. But outside of those two players, I just – A.J. Dillon is not a superstar. Sorry, A.J. Dillon. Sorry, quad father. Uh, but it's probably just Aaron Jones and Aaron Rodgers, and – and they didn't do anything. And clearly, the Lions were willing to trade in the division. And a two-tight end set with TJ Hawkinson and Robert Tanya would have been really fun to see. But instead, he goes to the Vikings, who's leading that division, right? Who's number one in that division. And who I just said, I think they're probably the same as the Eagles when it comes right down to it. They're probably point across the field, right? Justin Jefferson, A.J. Brown, Adam Thielen, Devonta Smith. Now TJ Hawkinson, Dallas Goddard. Uh, Miles Sanders, uh, Dalvin Cook, both defenses packed with talent. So I just, they're, to me, they're the same team. And it's going to come down to who, who is the better coached squad, right? Uh, and do I trust Sirianni in this situation to keep the Eagles going? I just, I don't know, man. He's tough. He's a tough dude. He's a tough cat. He preaches toughness, but I don't know. And then I would, I would probably say, like I said, I'd probably say the Bills, Chiefs, and then Eagles, Vikings tied for third as far as teams, which I hate talking like this. This is boring talk, right? But it's it's something we have to talk about because the Eagles are damn eight no. They're eight no. Now more trades. Bradley Chubb to the Dolphins, which is wild because that offense is already great, and the Dolphins have amazing cornerbacks if they could get 
healthy, right? But that defense is just on that can't get right formula. They're always injured. But Xavier Howard, Byron Jones, uh, they're fantastic. And they're locked down. And think about this. If they both come back healthy and they're able to lock down the opposing team's receivers, it's going to be Bradley Chubb just teeing off on the opposite team's quarterback, no matter who they play. It doesn't matter. Bradley Chubb is one of the most unstoppable forces on a defense uh, in today's NFL. Uh, you had McCaffrey to the 49ers earlier in the week. And overall, just in a, a lot of fun, right? A lot of fun. 49ers sent Wilson to the Dolphins. So that's somebody that understands uh, the system that they're trying to run, that McDaniels is trying to run out there. And teams that really needed it, like the Las Vegas Raiders, made no moves. Continued to be baffling, just like the Green Bay Packers. Uh, overall, I think this trade deadline made this season look a lot more exciting, brought a lot more intrigue into what could happen next as far as our beloved NFL is concerned. Now, since I don't have my two co-hosts here, I get to talk about a couple things that I really enjoy. And I'm sure, actually, this is a subject that Chelsea and Wes would love, but Imeo Doka going to the Brooklyn Nets is wild, right? It's wild. Because the Brooklyn Nets are basically taking on every problem. And for some of you that don't remember, we talked about Ime Odoka a couple weeks ago. And he was suspended for, I guess, having an affair, which is weird, right? Uh, but it was an inner office affair. It should be no one's business, but because it was inner office, he was suspended. And we go, well, why? I mean, you shouldn't be able to suspend somebody over an affair. So what else is going on there? And we don't know. We don't have every side to this story at all. We have no idea. But the Nets took him on. And now, I don't know. Is it going to get swept under the rug, right? Are we just going to forget that Ime Odoka did something? I mean, it was, it was, it had to be something because now he's uh, probably going to see divorce happening from Neil Long, who, who was his wife at the time. But he's got a coaching job and probably one that's pretty desirable. Kyrie Irving is still a really good basketball player. If he could just stop talking and close his mouth, he's a really good basketball player. I don't want him to shut up a dribble. I just don't want you to be an, uh, someone that promotes anti-Semitism. That's all. I don't, I don't want you to be that person. But he's still good. He's still a good basketball player. Kevin Durant is still elite, still probably top 10 basketball player. Um, they can make some moves. But the Nets are just shocking. They're like, hey, I don't care what you did over here. What? Felony? It's either the Nets or you're out of the league, right? It's almost like you committed a crime. It's the Army or you go to jail. That's the Nets at this point, right? They're like, hey, I don't care what you did, but if you play for the Nets, you're in. If you don't play for the Nets, you're suspended or out of the league. And that is what the Nets feel like right now. And Mayodoka is no different. Mayodoka is going to go over there with his scandal, which we don't know what it is. To be fair, there's I'm not going to allege anything. I'm not going to say anything. It was an extramarital affair that had him suspended for a year. I just think that that part is odd. When you're suspended for a full year due to an extramarital affair, I, I think, and I think the country thinks, something else was going on there, right? It's kind of weird. Like, you got suspended for a year for sex. Like, inner office sex. Cheating on your wife, which is no one's business. But inner office sex is what suspended you for a full year in the NBA. And that's that's millions of dollars that there has to be something else is just my assumption. And we all know what happens when you assume. You make an ass out of you and me. But uh, the Warriors now, sticking to the NBA, are down. Some of the best teams in the NBA are down. And it's a long season. So I'm not hitting any panic buttons. But it is odd that the Warriors are sitting at 3-7, and seven, uh, 76ers 4-6. and six. 
And we've got the Cavaliers at 7-1 and one atop the uh, Eastern Conference. Suns are back atop the Western Conference. And I know this is not how it will shake out, but it looks like Ja Morant is on a warpath with the whole NBA. He looks great. The Warriors, or pardon me, the Lakers are finally winning. So I suppose it's do or die time for the Warriors. And you've got to think, is there a locker room? <laughs> I God, I'm going to sound like an idiot. Is there a locker room schism after Draymond Green knocked out Jordan Poole? Like, is there more to this story that we're just not talking about? Uh, I hope not. Uh, I am a Warriors fan. I'm rooting for them. I want them to be great, but it is weird to see them sitting at three and seven. Now, Aston Villa today, actually, as soon as I start editing this podcast, they will unveil Unai Emery, who is their, I probably butchered that name, Unai Emery, who is their new manager and is someone that is well-regarded as one of the better managers in all of football, European football. And my sincere hope, my sincere, sincere hope is that he can turn it around. Because with the roster that Villa has, there's no reason why they should be even close to the relegation zone. They should be mid-table at a minimum. At a minimum, they should be. Now, they've got United, Manchester United, who is playing well, but they've got their own issues on that team this year. And I think it would be great for Emery to make a statement with this game and go in and show what he can do in just a week's time. And then we can extrapolate that data over the course of the rest of the season and say, all right, look, we're not going to be in a major tournament, Aston Villa, right? We're not going to be in the Euro. We're not going to be in the championship. But we're getting better. We have a great manager We have who has a great vision. We've got a good team on paper. And the transfer window is going to open back up post-World Cup. So what can they do to continue to grow and be great under Emery? I think that's going to be exciting to see. Man United's a force. Liverpool's starting to shut down, starting to fall behind. So it's really any team's game in the Premier League this season. And I can't wait to see how it plays out. But again, my co-hosts aren't here. I wanted to get a little word in on Emery becoming the new manager of Villa and hosting his first game today. So I wanted to make sure I fit that in. And now as we end the show, I know it is shorter this week, but you have to understand I'm down two people. I'm down two people. So it's, it's just me doing production, doing talent, doing editing. And I'm trying to get this to you guys this weekend so I don't miss this week. And I want to end it with what the heck is going on in the NFL South divisions. It is, it is a car wreck. It is like a destruction derby at the county fair in the AFC South and the NFC South. I mean, we've got the Falcons and the fighting Marcus Mariotas at the top of that division. And a team, if the Falcons lose, a team with a losing record will be at the top of that division, right? You've got them only being at the top of that division because DJ Moore decided to chuck his helmet uh, at the end of the game after he got a touchdown, which I don't blame him. I think that's a stupid penalty. They should not have penalized him, but it is a penalty. It is, in fact, a penalty. So that is what it is. So what it happened, make the kick, Pinheiro. Make the kick. And he didn't make the kick. He didn't make it just once, but he missed it twice. He missed it in overtime as well for the win. And then going over to the AFC South, the Jaguars keep fooling me into thinking they're a good team. They do. They look like they were going to blow the doors off the Broncos in England. And then we watch the rest of the game and how it plays out, and they just don't do anything after that. And is it Peterson not making adjustments in Jacksonville? 
Or is it just that team is not ready yet? They're not going to take the next step. Colts are done, right? They've waved their white flag. They're giving Ellinger a look to see if they need to draft a quarterback in round one of this year's draft. So that's a white flag for me. It's, it's when you start rolling out Sam Ellinger and you're trying to see, is this the right quarterback for us or do we need to invest in a new quarterback in this year's draft? They're done. That's it. Houston's a, a non-starter, right? They lost to the Eagles, allowing the Eagles to go eight now. And then you have Tennessee. And if anything, anything happens to Derrick Henry, that team is done. That team is done. All they did, I no longer want to give Willis a shot. I don't. I don't know what to tell you. We're midseason. He got to start a game for Ryan Tannehill, and they gave up on him. Vrabel gave up on Malik Willis right there, right in the game. You saw it happen because all they did was give the ball to Derrick Henry a thousand times, and Derrick Henry did not make them look stupid. Derrick Henry had well over 200 yards rushing and touchdowns galore, and they won the game all through Derrick Henry. But let me tell you, if, if that's it, if that's all you have, you're living in a porcelain house, brother. It's it. So the AFC South, it's over. The NFC South, who knows? Are we going to have a situation like we did in the NFC East years ago where a 7-10 and 10 team, because they're 17 games out, makes the playoffs? Well, that remains to be seen. I want to thank you all for joining me today, Sad Fans. I am so sorry this is getting released on a Sunday. I promise to have next week's episode to you on Thursday, Friday, or Saturday, depending on editing. I will be out of the country again. I'm going to be in Greece. Um, I'm shooting this on my one day, my one day, my Sunday uh, home, and then I will be right back on an airplane to Greece. So please reach out to us. You can find us at the Sad Fan Cast on Twitter. And if you want, all of our videos are posted on our YouTube channel, and you can get that YouTube channel at the Sad Fan uh, Media Network on, uh, pardon me, the Sad Fan Podcast Network on YouTube. And we do. We look through all of our comments. We love you guys very, very much. You are why we do it. So please, please, please keep watching. Keep listening. If you're listening to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, just access our link tree on both our Twitter and any post I make and listen to us. We try to make sure that this podcast is not just a visual experience, but we are giving you theater of the mind. We are living in your head. And uh, that sounded creepy, but I don't care. We want to be there for you. We want to be your news when it comes to stuff, and we want to be your laughter. So thank you all of, uh, all of our sad fans for allowing us to do this. And we hope to seeing you next week and having the full crew back here again soon. Thanks so much. Have a wonderful football Sunday.